Hey, Reach Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service with a few of the disciples of the house speaking tonight. Enjoy this message. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor Isaac, for the introduction. Man, I'm excited to be here. Are you guys excited today? I mean, what an honor it is to be at Reach Church, at Reach Paramount. I look around in this room and I see so many people, the richness in this room, the value that you have on your lives, the calling of God on your lives. It's amazing to be a part of such an, a dynamic church like Reach Paramount. You don't get this anywhere else, amen? You don't get this anywhere else. And I wanted to talk to you guys today a little bit about the heart of the church and what is the heart of Reach Church? Well, I looked up a quote from Pastor Omar Lopez online. It says this, we believe every soul is valuable to God and that every person has a purpose no matter who you are or where you come from. God is in the business of changing lives and he can change yours. Isn't that so true? I mean, God's changed my life over 11 years ago. My brother, my brother Christian over there, God changed his life on the first service he ever went to. An ex-gang banger came in and God saved and he's been serving God for the past eight years. I'm just blown away. I want to encourage you guys when you have time to go to the YouTube channel and check out the My Stories. They're very impactful and they're life-changing. Amen? And, and I'm, just, I'm just excited to be here, as you can tell. And, uh, you know, before I get started, let me just go ahead and pray. Lord God, I thank you for the opportunity just to come here and, and share a message with my brothers and sisters here, God. I pray you use me in a powerful way, Lord. And I just pray, Lord God, it be impactful, Lord, and motivating to the people here. I just honor you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have a funny story to share. Um, a few months back, several months ago, Pastor Isaac came over to my house and uh, he noticed that there was a book on my shelf. And uh, he went to it, and I think he's seen it four or five times before he actually said something. And he goes, hey, Peter, do you read this book, or is it here for decoration? And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know? And I, I haven't read the book, so it was just sitting there, right? So uh, you always want to have friends like that that are going to challenge you. Uh, but it, it was a, a, a book called um, Eaters, Leaders Eat Last, amen? And uh, don't ask if I finished it, but I started reading it, amen? But there was a part of the story that really touched me, and it was talking about a Spartan soldier, a Spartan warrior. Uh, how many of you guys seen the movie 300? You guys remember that movie? It's the Spartans, and I was intrigued by this story because uh, you think about the Spartans, you think about how strong and powerful they are, how mighty they were. You would think their spear is, is the greatest weapon that they have, and actually, it's not. It's the, it's the shield, and this is why. Uh, it goes on to say that if a soldier were to lose his helmet or breastplate in battle, everything's fine. There's nothing against him. That's on his own. He's on his own. That's, that's his bad. But if you lose your shield in battle, you can lose your citizenship as a Spartan. You can basically get kicked out of the country and not welcome back because your shield isn't only for you. It's for the person to the left of you and the person to the right of you. They're in it together. Amen. And that's why I'm blessed by Reach Church because we're in this together. We're in this battle together. We're, we're interceding for one another. We're praying for one another. We're encouraging one another. And I know if, if you're, if you're here for the first time or you've been visiting, it could be a little intimidating just seeing all these new faces, but I want to let you know we're here to support you. We thank you that you're here. We're about you feeling like this is home. This is where you belong. And we know the impact that God can have on your life because we've experienced it ourselves. Amen. So I just want to share with you in Hebrews 10, 23, it says this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some. 
but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You see, the Bible says when we come together to glorify God, we're here to intercede for one another. We're here to lift each other up. There's going to be times when our brother and sister are going through some emotional distress. There's going to be times where our brother and sister will go through a loss of a family member. There's going to be times where they feel financial heartache and, 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 and they're just, they may be going through a breakup. But when they come to church and they feel the love here, that they have the support of a brother and sister just to say, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. God will open up a door for you. He has the last say so. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. God's going to work it out because he did it for me and he can do it for you. And that's who we are as a church. James 5.13 says this. If Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. And that's what we do. We pray. If anyone is cheerful, we sing songs and hymns. We're there to sing with you. Amen. When, when there's a praise report, we're here to honor you and lift you up just as well. When you get a raise from work, amen, we get a raise. You got to take us out to eat. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's who we are. If you're sick, we, we have church on Saturday mornings and we pray for you. If you're going through a sickness or a disease, if your back is hurting, we prayed for brother Jason uh, not, not too long ago and his back was hurting. We sat him down and we just started praying for him, believing that God is going to move in his life and heal him right then and there. I, I'm sorry, church, but we're a vibrant church. We believe in the power of God. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe that God can heal you right then and there, right on the spot. And 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 I'm just, I'm just blessed to be here. Amen. Um, it goes on to say, um, if let him call to the elders of the church and let him pray um, over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of, uh, of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Listen, we all fall short of the glory of God. We're all gonna mess up. You know, the, the, there's times where we see a brother and, and, and they leave for a couple months and then they come back. Don't think we're here to try to try to despise you or say negative things about you. We're rejoicing that you're back, amen? We're, 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 we want to glorify you and honor you that you're back into the house of God and, and you're back searching for your purpose. You know, uh, um, there are going to be times where people will, will, will leave, but when, we come, when they come back, we want to go ahead and, and embrace you with the brotherly hug, amen? Talking about my brother Christian, when he first got saved, I remember he has a story to tell. Uh, this is a man who probably hasn't gotten hugged in 20 years until he met me, amen? So the moment he got saved, the moment, this is a hardcore ex-gangbanger, he gets saved radically, and I just went up to him and I gave him a hug. And I can just imagine he was just like, who is this guy touching me, right? So, but look at him now. He's married with beautiful kids. He's on fire for the Lord. He's, uh, God is doing amazing things in his life. And, and that's what the power of God can do. He can change the most hardened hearts and make them soft, make them loving, uh, and, and make them emotional, amen? And, and I just love, I just love everything that God is doing in this church. And, you know, another thing about that story, about the, 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 the Spartans, is, you know, the reason why I was reading that book, it's, it's, an, um, it's a team builder book. And it's, it's about how can you get people to engage in, in your vision, you know, and this is for work and other things. And, and one of the main things is, is if there's division or if there's some type of leadership or some type of strife, if you think you're competing with one of the brothers, if, if there's a supervisor, sometimes people won't engage. They'll actually back up and they won't get to their full potential. So that's what this, that's what this book was about, um, about helping people get to their full potential. And if you read uh, the, the Spartans, there's, there's no uh, authority. Everybody is equal. 
There's no, there's no higher authority. There's no, nobody above you. They're there with you bearing arms. I'm not above you. I'm not below you. I'm here right by your side and we're going to battle it out and we're going to do whatever we can to win this war. Amen. And that's the same. I want to say here in the church, you know, if there's a, a leader in the church, listen, God says, if you desire to be first, let him be last. You know, we want to encourage you and uplift you more than wherever we're at because we know that God can elevate your life to places that we, we think we, that we can't even reach. You can reach the mountains. You can reach, you can conquer anything in your life if you just have a little bit of faith and trust in the Lord. Amen? So I just wanted to let you know, um, Jesus expresses the most about servanthood. He, 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 he didn't only tell you to, live, to be a servant, but he, he showed you. He washed the disciples' feet. He would go around healing people that were sick. He would go expressing. He even said, I didn't come here to serve. Uh, I didn't come here to be served, but I came to serve. In Matthew 20, 25, it says this. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus Christ laid it all down for us so that we may have life more abundantly. And that's who we need to follow. That's the exampleship that we need to follow. We need to lay it all down so we can see others just excel in the things of God. Just wanting to step out and have faith. You know what? I've been serving for a month or two, but I'm going to step out and believe that God can use my life. And we're there to encourage them and uplift them and, and, and tell them God's just going to continue to move and bless your life. Amen. Are you guys enjoying this? You know, with our church, we, 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 we believe reach, restore, and release. So once you, you've, you've confessed your sins, and once you, you've dedicated your life to Jesus, you are saved. Amen? You're a new creation. And then we want to encourage you to continue to come and to feel like this is home. But as you feel like this is home, we want to encourage you to, to continue to serve. And Pastor Isaac brought it up earlier. Uh, if you're at that point in your life where you want to serve, you're in luck. Uh, again, October 16th, Johnny is getting with the city and October 30th we have a carnival that we, we would love for you guys to help serve and you're going to see God's just going to open up doors but as you serve as you serve you're going to start learning what true discipleship is and I don't know if you know this but we're in a church planning church and we're about discipleship amen that's what we're about. I want to encourage you, if you've been coming, to pull yourself under somebody that can lead you, that can that can encourage you to be able to serve in God's kingdom, amen? To be able to serve in the children's ministry or in, in the coffee house or, or to be able to serve as an usher or to be able to... To, to work in the sound booth over there. My brother's waving at me. And, 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 and you're going to see that there's a blessing that comes with service. Amen. There's a blessing that comes when you serve God. We're not doing it to be seen. We're doing it to please God. And as we please God, we, we start learning how to please others as well. And that's who we are. We're about discipleship and disciple making. And, and I want to end it with this. In Matthew 5, 41, it says, it says this. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. And I've been reading the, uh, the, the Disciples' Call by Pastor Omar. And he talks about this. He says this. The difference between the normal Christian and the disciple is the disciple is willing to go the extra mile. He is willing to go above and beyond. The Christian life, uh, the, the, to the Christian, the, fir the first mile is holiness and righteous living. Wholesome living is the least we should be doing. 
The second mile is ministry and the response to the call of duty. So if you've already received salvation and you're already, you know, coming and coming to the church, I want to encourage you. That's the first mile. But as a servant, we understand that we need to go above and beyond. We don't just go one mile when we're asked, but we go two miles. And the second mile is the call of duty. You see, God has called you to serve in his church. It's up to you to respond to that calling. And I want to encourage you. I've been serving God for 11 years, and he has taken me places I thought I could never go. And I'm still serving. I'm still laying my life down. I'm still trying to do whatever he asks me. And yes, I fall short, but I know God has my back, and I'm going to continue striving to move forward. I just want to encourage you guys to answer that call, to step out in faith and trust the Lord, because he's going to do great things in your life. Amen? All right. God bless you. time so praise god uh but i do want to thank the pastor for the opportunity just to come up here and minister and uh so yeah i'm gonna jump right into it here and i want to talk to you today a little bit about uh uh i want to i want to challenge you today to uh to pursue the higher call and uh, steve you can put that up there pursue the higher call you know each and every one of us are on a journey um when we get saved god calls us and we're on a journey uh to a higher thing to a higher call And I'm going to read a a scripture here out of Philippians. But before I do, let me pray before I forget to do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this time to come together, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, your spirit would be with me, Heavenly God. Lord, as I minister your word today. And Lord, I pray, God, that your word will go forth with power, Lord God, and touch hearts and lives today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So like I said, I want to challenge you today to pursue the higher call. And you know, the higher, each and every one of us, I don't want to encourage you today to, you have a high call in your life. I want, I want to let you know you have a high calling on your life. Every single person, every young person in this room, every older individual in here, you have a high calling on your life. And there's a journey you take to a higher and higher and higher call. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. Um, that you and I have a high call on our lives. And in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14 through 15, It says this, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And for all those who have grown mature, and in verse 15 it says, and all those who who have grown mature should think this way too. I like how he says that if you're mature, you think this way, that you're going to press in to to their high calling. Um, You and I have a high calling. And... um, you know, that, that high calling, that calling never stops. God never stops calling you. God never stops calling you. He's constantly calling you. And uh, this is why Paul says, I press on. This, this is a picture of somebody that is stretching, that is reaching, that is constantly moving forward into something. God never stops calling you. He's constantly calling you into a new thing and a better thing. Um, and maybe God has been calling you into something more, but you've, you've stalled. I want to talk a little bit about that today. I want to talk about a few key things that have become a drag on your calling with the little time I have. Um, There's something I call strings of the heart. And these are strings that are attached to your heart that are connected to something that's acting like a leash and holding you back. What are they? 
I have this illustration here. This is a heart. This is your heart. And these strings here represent, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, the heart there. These are strings. These represent something maybe goes into the world. It goes maybe something out there. And you're trying to move forward in God. And, you know, it's out there in the world. So you want to advance, but it's not letting you go. It's, it's a string on you. It's, it's a drag on you. And some people have many strings. Some of us have, may have many strings, things that are out there that are a drag on our calling. I'm going to talk about a few things really quick. One of them is a love for money. Another one is family. Another one is fear. Okay? You know, the story of the rich young ruler, you know, his story, he came to the Lord asking, Lord, what must I do to enter eternal life? And he, uh, and, and the Lord tell him, sell all that you have, come follow me. And we know what he did. He turned his back on Christ because his heart was attached to the things he owned. Let me ask you a question. Where are those things he owned right now? He's been long dead. Where are they? I'll tell you where they are. They're dust. They're dust. They're all dust. And he gave up Christ for those things. And they're no good to him today. Is that the choice you're making? Are you choosing dust over the higher call? Come on, somebody. Wait a minute. What about family? Let me read this here. Bring it up. In Luke chapter 14, verse 26, it says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father, mother, wife, children, brother, and sister, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. You know, for some people, friends and family are everything. Aunts, aunts, cousins, uncles, nieces, nephews, you name it. When it comes to family and family's affairs, that takes precedence over the call. And you know, maybe this is why Jesus spoke so harshly about family. Because he knows what a drag family can sometimes be on your call and moving forward. Jesus was blunt and unapologetic. If you don't hate mother, brother, father, and and follow me, you can't be my disciple. For some people, that's a drag on your call. Maybe it's a bad relationship. I can't go too deeply into that. I don't have time. Because I'm going to talk about fear with the little time I have left. You know, the high calling of God comes with greater accountability higher expectations and greater risk and out of fear many stop they stall themselves because they're afraid of accountability i mean people have left this church because they don't like accountability there's higher expectations there's more eyes on what you're doing and people out of fear hold off on the higher call we become a little bit like moses you know and in, uh, in Exodus uh, chapters 3 through 4, I don't have the scripture here, but, but for about a whole chapter, he was arguing with God. Gave him every excuse in the book why he couldn't do what he was asked to do. And then in Exodus 4.14, it says God's anger burned against Moses because of all his excuses out of fear. Out of fear. The Lord didn't sympathize. His excuses out of fear caused God's anger to burn. You want to upset the Lord? Make excuses out of fear. Stop being afraid. Let me say it again. Stop being afraid. Stop acting timid. Stop doubting yourself. And stop wasting time. 
You should never say, I don't know if I can do it. Never. Don't ever tell me that. Don't ever look me in the face and say, I don't know if I can do it. You should always say, I can do all things through Christ who, in the context of ministry, that is a bold proclamation that I can accept any call because the one who lives in me will enable me to will empower me to accomplish it to the end. Don't ever tell me I can't do it. Are you feeling stalled? Take a look under the hood of your heart and see what's stalling you. It's time to cut those strings. <clears throat> you know, sometimes we feel stalled too long and we want to blame the church. You know, I'm just not moving forward. It's the church's fault. It's not the church's fault. You want to have both. You want the world and no, it's not going to happen. You can't have both. Let me tell you something. You've got a purpose to fill and a high calling on your life. Cut the strings. You know, when Peter, when Peter in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, the Bible says that Jesus called him and he dropped his nets immediately and followed Christ. This is a picture of a man who let go of the world, dropped the world, and immediately went to follow Christ. That net represented his livelihood. That net represented his bread and butter. And he dropped it and let it go and immediately chased a higher call. Can you do the same? Can you do the same? Let me tell you something. Don't sell your calling cheap for a bowl of beans like Esau did. Come on, somebody. Prioritize it, reach for it, and pursue it. Prioritize your calling, reach for it, and pursue it. Don't forget the first one. Prioritize it. Prioritize it. Young men, older men, prioritize it. God wants to take you to greater ministry, greater revelation, a deeper relationship, and greater and a greater anointing. But imagine giving all that up for a temp for temporary things that will one day be dust. Don't do it. It's time. Today is that day. It's Today is that day you pursue that higher call. Go ahead and show that video, um, Steve. Anything. I want you to think of your life as a timeline. But I want you to think with me. This red part is your life. And the rest is eternity. We spend our lives so much trying to live for this little red part. And we don't think about all of eternity. This is going to be the rest of your life somewhere. But we're so worried about this. I'm building my values and what I invest my life on eternity. I'm not going this little stupid red part right here. <laughs> And you know what? Even Christians, they invest their time. They invest all these little things. They want to do this. They want to do that. Money, uh, savings account, uh, furniture, car. See, I'm living my life for eternity. For an eternal kingdom, not an earthly kingdom. Oh, that's so good. I, I never forgot that. And I heard my pastor. That never, I never, that, that never left my mind. 
You know, maybe God has dealt with you. Maybe you know, you know, God has been calling you to something higher. Well, he's calling you again today. How, will you, how long will you be stubborn? How long will you continue in the cycle of letting things be a drag on your calling? Every one of you in here ought to be fulfilling a high calling. You ought to today, I'm telling you today, ought to go up to your leader or your pastor and say, I'm ready. I'm done. I'm done letting the world drag me back, drag me down today. Youngsters, teenagers, go to your go to Pastor Jacob and Linda say, I want, I want the high call of God. I want it. Youngsters, don't stop pursuing the high call. Don't let the world be a drag. Cut the ties, cut the strings. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit tonight, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you allow us to gather here in your name, God, to bring you glory, God. We're here because of you, Lord. Let your name be glorified, God, for you're the one that deserves all the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name. Come on, God is good. Amen. He really is. You know, I was um, I was talking to Brother Lenny back there before service, and and. Uh, it just dawned on me that uh, tomorrow's October 7th, and October 7th is a very important day for me. Uh, 12 years ago on October 7th is the day that I gave my life to the Lord. And, and you know, and, I, and I'll tell you this, it's, it's, it's all God. It's all God. And I was telling Lenny, I said, Lenny, it's funny because in those 12 years, I've, I've, there, was, there was seasons, multiple seasons where I was on fire, man. Nothing could put it out. But then I went through a couple of seasons where where I was just going through the motions. How many know what I'm talking about? Just going through the motions. Then there was a season where I didn't even want to come, you know, and, and I, I, you know, we can hide it pretty well, right? We can hide it pretty well, but I, I but I, I, I kept fighting. I kept pursuing. And, um, and here we are 12 years later. Thank you, Jesus. And, and, and God is good. He deserves all the glory. And so my title, my message is don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. I'm staying in line with the theme for this month because uh, we all have a heart. And at one point, we all have a heart condition. We have a sick heart. And so uh, the only way to fix that is through Jesus Christ. Amen. And so before I get into my word, uh, I just want to thank. I know my pastors, my senior pastors are not here. They're uh, rightfully so. They're on a sabbatical. And so I want to honor them. Uh, they're not probably watching. Hopefully not. Hopefully they're, they're resting. Amen. But uh, I just want to thank them. I know he's going to watch it. They're going to watch it afterwards. But I want to thank them for not taking their hands off the plow for 30 plus years of ministry, of serving God. I'm sure there was times in their life where they wanted to give up. But I thank God that they didn't because I don't know where I would be if there wasn't a church in Paramount. Right. And so I want to honor them. And so don't lose heart. Say it with me. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. So I looked up a definition of passion and passion. Uh, it says it's a strong and a bar. I'm sorry, strong and barely controllable emotion. And the second definition, it kind of caught me off guard, but it said the suffering and death of Jesus Christ. And so Revelations chapter 2, verse 1 through 7, there's so much, I I encourage you, go home and read it, but there's so much that you can pull out of this this whole story, amen? But I'm going to read it. It says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message 
from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, that's Jesus, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles, but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from the place among the churches. This, But this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just as I do. Anyone with ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit and understand what is he what he is saying to the church is to everyone who is victorious i will give fruit from the tree of life and the paradise of god and so here is the church the church at ephesus this was a church that was on fire they were doing all the right things uh they worked hard right they endured even through persecution because in this time there was real persecution going on where they were actually being beaten tortured and, and, and chased down for their faith in jesus christ uh they called out sin they were calling it out they had great discernment, the Bible says. He even commends them for hating the sins of the Nicolaitans. Now, uh, I don't have time to get into the Nicolaitans, but uh, many scholars uh, believe the Nicolaitans were a group who used God's grace in vain. And what do I mean by that? Well, they say, well, I'll fornicate tomorrow, tonight, and I'll just repent in the morning. I'll get wasted tonight, and then I'll just repent in the morning. You know what I'm saying? So they were taking God's grace in vain. And so, but Jesus... Uh, Jesus commends them for all that they were doing, but he has this complaint against them. What was that complaint? That they lost or that they have left their first love. And I begin to think about that. How does someone uh, leave love? Right? And, and, and that's, that's a loaded question because you can go down the different streams and avenues on how someone leaves love. But the one that the thing that came to my mind and to my heart when I was putting this together was negligence. Negligence. What does negligence mean? Failure to take proper care in doing something. See, when you become negligent, you, you're, you're not taking care of what you're supposed to be taking care of. You become negligent. And so think about this, right? Uh, for, all the, you know, for all the married couples and even the people that are going to get married one day. Uh, how strong will your relationship with your wife be if you barely talk to her? How about if you didn't even speak to her at all? It would be equivalent to checking all the boxes on the honey-do list. You got, guys, you know what I'm talking about. But not, not speaking a word to her at all. That would, it would be that equivalent to that. It's the same way in your relationship with the Lord. You might say to yourself, man, I can't hear the Lord like I used to. How many, how many are, are in that season right now? Don't raise your hand. Um, but I, I can't hear the Lord like I used to. Could it be you've been negligent in your prayer life? in your word I have found that when I'm in my word that we're in our word that or when we're not in our word we become we get uh, more fleshly right we get we're irritated we don't want to hear nothing we we just we just we, we, we're snapping first chronicles 16 11 says this look to the Lord and seek uh, look to the Lord and his strength seek his face what always not sometimes, but always. And so I come to this conclusion is that we have to be passionate for Jesus. We have to have a passion for Jesus. We have to have a passion for the things of God. 
We have to be passionate about our worship, right? I love our church. We're not afraid to worship here, right? We're not afraid to worship and, 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 and jump for Jesus, right? I used to jump in the clubs. I used to jump on the street. But why can't I do it for Jesus, amen? So when someone tells me, oh, you guys, you guys are celebrating too much, nah, nah, nah. Bro, you need to get right, bro. What's wrong with you? Jumping for, for your football team, but you ain't jumping for the Lord? Passionate about worshiping God, passionate about his people. Yes, I said his people. Let me give you guys a newsflash, right? For those of you who get offended sometimes of people in church, guess what? You're in a church full of imperfect people. So grace people out. You got to grace people out. You have to let things roll off your back. There are going to be times where you get offended, but you cannot let that be the reason you leave the church. Let me ask you this. How many times have you been offended at work, but you're still working there? But uh, you get offended in the house of God, and you're saying, well, I, I'm out of here. The pastor this, my leader that. You need, to, you need to grow up. You need to grow up. We need to be passionate about serving. Do everything unto the Lord. I, I believe it's Colossians 3.23 says, do everything like you're doing unto the Lord, right? So when you're working at your job, your boss sees that you're working, that you're not over there sleeping in the restroom, but that you're working. Why? Because you're not working for him. You're not working your, your, for your paycheck, but you re represent the Lord. So we need to find that passion for Jesus again. Here's a scripture that, that should get you fired up, amen? First Peter 1 through, uh, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 4 says, What a God, this is the message translation, I love it. What a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him. This father of our master Jesus, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we have been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven and inheritance. And that... And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. So that's an inheritance. That's a promise from God. So here are some red flags real quick that, uh, that you're, you left your passion for Jesus. It's kind of in the back. One is when serving in God's house becomes a burden. They asked me to usher again. Man, I got to do the coffee. I got to do the kids, man. I remember um, as a new convert, uh, my Bible study leader at the time, Pastor Albert, uh, I remember I was on his usher team, and he told me, hey, we're usher, and I said, man, and he goes, Johnny, he rebuked me, and I took it, and he says, it's a privilege and an honor to do anything in the house of God, don't ever forget that, and I've never forgotten that, so when I do feel that, I, I check myself, something's not right. When you show up for church, uh, when showing up for church becomes a burden, you're probably losing your path. You left your passion somewhere. When praying for people becomes a burden, you're, you're, you probably left your passion somewhere. When your pastor or connect group leader tries to speak into your life and you don't want to hear it, you might be losing your passion. Can I give you? Can I give you guys a little heads up here? I know I have a relationship with every with all my pastors, with all the leaders in here, and let me tell you something. We are not on this power trip. We are not here to try to control people. That's not our agenda at all. And I can speak on the behalf of the, lead, the, behalf of the leadership here. We are not on a power trip. We just want to see you. Uh, we want to see you grow in the things of God because we, your leaders, we see something in you, but you get offended. Like, hey, bro, don't go there. Oh, man, now he's telling me what to do. Bro, don't go there. Why are you going to go there? You're setting yourself up, bro. Trust me, I know. But you get mad. Don't get mad. Just be happy that someone loves you enough to tell you, don't go there. Don't do that. We're not on a power trip, amen? We are not on a power trip. Um, 
Sorry, guys. Is this mine? Passion comes from the heart, right? Something that we love to do. But sometimes our, pla- our passion and our disciplines are in the wrong place, right? It's amazing how we can get a bunch of guys or whatever to go to a sporting event at 7 a.m., but not to a prayer meeting, at, at, you know? I tell people this, all. I, my connect group knows because I always, I always share this. I said, we all have discipline. You know, people will say, oh, I don't have discipline, I'm not disciplined. But sure, we all have discipline. You get to work on time. You get to Starbucks on time. Your Netflix show comes on. You, you, you're on time to watch that. But you ain't on time for church. You ain't on time for, for, for the things. Why? Because your passion and your disciplines are positioned in the wrong place. And so I tell people, uh, we have our disciplines in the wrong place sometimes. I love this. I love and I hate this scripture at the same time. I, hold on. Let me read it. But it, it, it shows and it displays how passionate Jesus was for you and I. Isaiah 52, 14, it says this. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his, his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. Right? Now you know why I hate it. But I love it too because it's a display of of what Jesus, the pain he endured for you and I, the love that he has for us is that he was beaten beyond recognition. I know this is Isaiah, but it's it's a prophetic, it's prophetic. Um, And so we have to have a heart of gratefulness. Say gratefulness. And for some of you know what I'm talking about, you, you remember where God found you. Right? Remember, some of you were, were in a prison cell. Some of you were uh, strung out in a hotel. Some of you were just were just messed up. Some of you were just so self-righteous that your head was so pointy. Right? But, but, but at the end of the day, that's what I love about this church. There's different walks, different stories in this place. And, and God brings us all together for his glory. If we allow him to use us, he'll use us. Amen. But what I'm trying to say is you got to remember where God found you. I remember where God found me, man. And it... And even during worship, I, and even getting this message together, man, God wrecked me. And I said, man, Lord, you're so good. I don't deserve it. You're, you're just good. And so my conclusion, my ending, right? Ending is, I got, a, I got like three or four endings. Is that what they say? Pastor Isaac. <laughs> um, as I close, uh, something did st- st- a lot of, a lot stood out to me in the scripture of Revelations chapter two about losing, or that your first love was left. So, but the Bible says that they, they didn't lose their first love, but what? That they left their first love. Now, how many know there's a difference between um, losing something and leaving something, right? When you lose something, you don't remember where you lost it at or it wouldn't be lost. But when you left something there, you likely remember exactly where you left it. So my question this evening to some of you tonight where did you leave it? Where did you leave it? Where, where, where's that, that passion? Where, where's that first love that you had for Jesus? Where's that first love that you had for his people? Where'd you leave it? Where's the passion for the Lord as sister? Where did you leave it? Where's the passion for the presence of God in your, in your life, man of God? 
Where's the, where's the passion? Where's that passion for prayer? Where's that passion for the loss? Where's that passion for the church? Where's that passion for Jesus? It's funny how people will bash the church, but you, you got to realize that it's, we're the bride of Christ. When you're talking about how many, would, I would be mad if somebody talked about my bride. And so when you're talking about the church, knocking the church, you're actually talking about God's bride. Don't let me catch you talk about my bride. That's probably what God is saying, right? I'm just kidding. Where is that passion for Jesus? Reach church. Let that be our prayer. Let us not stop loving God and people in the busyness of all that we do. Let us never forget the why. Why we're doing it. Why we do this. Why we meet. Why we pray. Why we fast. Why we read. Let us not forget the why, why we do what we do. Let us not get so caught up being busy that we forget about Jesus. I'll never forget, um, a couple months ago, Pastor, Pastor Oman, man, this socked me right in the heart, in the head, and it just, it socked me really good. Um, Pastor Omar said this, he said, some of us have been walking in the goodness of God for so long that Jesus has become familiar to us. That there's no reverence. He said something in that sense. And, I, and, and the reason why I said it socked me in the heart is because I can relate with that. I've been walking in God's goodness so much that I've become kind of domesticated. Like a, uh, I don't want to be a domesticated Christian. Oh, that's a whole other sermon. Oh, that's a, that's a new title, domesticated Christian. Um, but as I close, as I close, we have to remember the two greatest things, the two, two greatest commandments. Right? Love God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. And the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said the whole law is, is, wrapped up, is wrapped up under these two. Loving God with everything and loving people. And so I want to encourage you tonight that don't get, don't get caught up in the, busy, in the busyness of life. Because life can be busy. Everything's fighting for your attention nowadays. So much is fighting for your attention. Your social media, your sports, whatever. You fill in the blank. It's different for everybody. But it's all fighting for our attention. But I want to encourage you. Put Jesus at the front and center where he belongs. Trust me, he will not let you down. Huh, I, I remember as a, as a, as a, a man who, I, before I knew the Lord, man, I went through stuff. But I, I'll tell you something, as a Christian, I go through stuff, but the only difference is now I have a hope in my Savior and Jesus Christ, and he's the one that's going to see me through it, amen. And so don't grow weary in doing good, the Bible says. And so I hope that encourages you. I hope that blesses you. And so if I could just uh, have every head, every, every head bowed and every eye closed, please, in reverence to the Lord. Christians, please pray. the Bible talks about a, a, a love and the story of the gospel is really a story of love of, of God's love for humanity of God's love for you and I and it's a, it's a love that's unconditional it's an agape love and it's a of love that's available for you, for everyone I don't care, you're rich, poor whatever walk of life whatever nationality this love is available for all of us the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave 
his only begotten son that whoever shall believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him can I tell you today God is not here he, he doesn't want to condemn you he wants to save you and the only way that you can be saved is by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the only way. There is no other way. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through the Son, which is Jesus. And so today, as hearts are open, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place right now. I want you to be honest with yourself. Be honest with, with yourself in, the, in this moment. Search your heart. Say, man... I need, I, I need Jesus in my life. If that's you, you say you would raise your hand and say, you know what? Uh, I, I need the Lord in my life. I'm not, I'm not living. I don't have Jesus Christ in my heart. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come do anything special. I'm not going to give you the mic to speak, but I just, just be honest. Be honest. Say, that's, that's me. I need the Lord in my life. I'm, uh, I see that hand. God sees that hand. God's waiting. Let me tell you something. How many of you, oh, I know what it's like. How many of you tired? Some of us are running. I see that hand. Some of you are, are weary. You feel like the weight of the world is on you, friend. Can I tell you that Jesus Christ loves you? The Bible says that he says to come to me, all who are weary and heavy hearted, for I will give you rest. And so if that's you, you say, man, I need Jesus Christ in my life. I need the Lord in my life. I'm not living right. I know that I'm not living right. I know that if I was to, if I was to, pass, to pass tonight, I would not be with the Lord. Amen. If that's you, raise your hand. Amen. We see that hand over there. Here's another question. You've heard this story before. You know the scriptures. You know. You know the love of God. You've accepted the Lord before, maybe in your life, and you're you're away from God, and and you 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 know if you're right with God or not. But you say you you've kind of walked away. You're kind of backsliding in your heart. If that's you, you say you know what? I open up my heart to the Lord tonight. I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. Can I encourage you tonight? God loves you. God, He's not He's not condemning you. He wants you. He's saying, son, daughter, lift your hand, raise your hand. I got some for you. Where did you leave it at? Where did you leave it at? So if that's you, say, I want to rededicate. I need to rededicate my life to the Lord tonight. If that's you, just go ahead and lift your hand. Amen. I see that hand back there. The Lord sees that hand. Twelve years ago, I was sitting in the same seat as you were. I remember I was broken. I was tired. I was weary. And the greatest thing that I've ever, the greatest thing I've ever done was allow the Lord to, to come into my heart. And I tell you, it hasn't been easy, but it's worth it. It is worth it, friend. It is worth it. One more time. If, if you say, I want to get right with the Lord tonight. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you guys that, um, that raise your hand. God loves you. God cares for you. But if you would do me a favor, would you just come up and and and, and meet uh, 
meet us right here in the front, amen. Come on, we have people that are going to be cheering you on. Come on, people are cheering you on. Heaven is cheering you on. Come on, the Bible says that there is a celebration in heaven over one person who, who repents. That there is a celebration, there is a party in heaven for you because of your decision to, to come to Christ. Amen. Amen. My brother Ricky. after me say Lord Jesus I ask you Lord to come into my heart to forgive me of all my sin I know that you died on the cross for me and I believe that you rose again I ask you to guide me to be my strength to encourage me and I declare today that I will serve you all my heart in Jesus name amen and amen can we just pray we're going to pray for you brother they're going to pray for you right now amen speaking to the church now this is awesome this is this is what it's about you know but say you might one of these messages spoke to you right you have a higher calling God has a plan for your life want to open up the altars and I want to encourage you you know some of you might say you're not you're not walking it out you can fool me you can fool you can never fool yourself and you can never fool the Lord that's the honest truth how do I know because I've been there I thought I had everybody fooled but I can never fool the Lord and I can never fool myself and so the altars are open if, if you want to come up and, 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 and you know some of us might need to repent right repentance is good repentance is good but I want to open up the altar. Come up. We want to. I want to pray with you. I want to lay hands and believe God for whatever it is that you need. Amen. So if you, if you guys come up, don't be shy. Don't be afraid. The altar is where there's breakthrough. The, the altar is where things are going to be broken in the spiritual realm. Amen. And so if you want to say, you know what? I'm going to make a declaration that I need prayer. I need the Holy Spirit. I need God. Lord, forgive me, Lord. Come up. The altars are open. Don't stay in your seat. If the Holy Spirit is messing with you, the Holy Spirit is telling you, you need to come up and get, you need to come up and repent, you need to come up and pray, then you got to be obedient to the Spirit, amen. Don't stay in your seat, amen. If I can have Brother Renee and, and, and Pete, can you guys come up here and help me lay hands on, on these folks, amen. Lord, we worship. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.